0: Get
2: a gun. Hi everybody and welcome to episode 224 oh, for, for Slant Christ Fire States. Radio. <laughs> I had to do it for September twenty four. Oh, 22nd, you chose
0: to do it. You didn't have to do it.
2: 2017. Yes, and I'm <laughs> one Messed of up your a host,
0: perfectly good intro
3: by poking the
2: OCD bear. Matthew, you're next.
3: Uh, I'm, I too will poke the OCD bear later. Uh,
0: Terrific. <laughs> I'm Trevor, uh, the OCD bear. I'm,
3: and Matthew, and Trevor, and Adriel. <laughs> 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 Not fully acceptable. Should be using commas, but whatever.
2: Welcome to the show, everyone. We're all on. We're all sick, but hey, we're all on. So we're all sick. I I heard I'm sick. sick. Yeah. Yeah, I me am. too. A- Adriel's sick. Yeah. You have you have either a frog in your th- your deep your, your <laughs>
3: And if you clicked any of the links I sent you, you got a virus, too.
2: Uh-huh. <sighs> That's, that, That's yeah, the don't way it open works. Mm, all right. Okay, so why don't we do what we did in guns? But before we do that, let's talk about the Calgary Shooting Center. Because uh, what we did in guns is, uh, this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center. It is Canada's premier firearms retailer. So the Calgary Shooting Center has the CZ... Evo in stock for $1,269.
0: <laughs> There's a period there. You're a lot of sand. That one doesn't work. Nice try. No.
3: Yeah, it does. Uh, no, right. totally
0: doesn't. So do we like this Evo thing or what?
3: Sure. I get to look at it. Have a look.
0: I mean, I it's fired a, it, it. It's up. a new platform in, in the country.
3: More it
4: platforms is, is better. I'll,
0: I will feel better about it when we have 10 round pistol mags available. Mm. Yeah. Cuz it's a lot of money. I like
3: it. I like it. I think it too. it's awesome.
0: Yeah. But all the other we... all the other pistol carbines have 10 round capacity. This one only has 5. That's right. Yeah, but it's a quality product. Like I I handled it and I fired it and it's accurate and it's a CZ, right? So hmm.
3: Yeah. Well, it says CZ well, Scorpion Pistol. It says it's a pistol. Why can't they make a pistol mag for it? It says right in its name, it's a pistol.
4: I'm sure they'll get on it at some point. I hope so. I mean, the the potential for something like this is that uh, there are some shooting sports that use pistol caliber carbines. So yeah. if we can uh, if we can get into those, then you might want something that's a little bit more dedicated than a, an AR upper or uh, you know a a cheaper PCC, right?
3: Sure. Yeah. And and with a longer mag, this would, or a longer mag, we all wish, with a longer barrel, this would be non-restricted, right? Yep. Well,
0: yep. Iron Guns is working on a non-restricted version of it.
3: Right, yeah. So if
0: this is so a pistol, why is it have... for
3: people... Yeah.
0: Yeah. I okay. hope there's something in the works to get this recognized as a pistol. I mean, okay, CZ is calling it a pistol, but the RCMP must not be calling it a pistol it would have to check the FRT table to see what they're actually calling it, because right. it would have 10-round mags, and it would take shadow mags. This thing yeah. has its own mag, and it's a yeah. full-capacity submachine gun mag, clear plastic. Um, it shouldn't have that, but in the real world, that's what it was meant to use, and that's what it does use. I would love a Canadian version that had an FRT number associated with pistol that used a CZ mag. Then I would buy two, one for each hand. <laughs> and I would hold PPC matches just so I could use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, look, uh, we know I'm a gamer. The round counts for shotgun changed significantly in my three gun matches when I got a semi-auto. That's all I'm going to say. Match director has his privileges.
3: Yeah, he complete. They totally did. Yeah. I remember when he got that, all of a sudden, I was no longer contender in any of the three-gun matches because he you're set sure. it up for his gun. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> and you're the last one to not get a semi. Well, that's not true.
0: It's really only McIntyre and I running semis. Yeah. So next time you come to a three-gun, I'll give you my other semi. Speaking <laughs> of semis, Adriel is at the gunsmith today, and he's got a Winchester and Browning dealer now, and he's got the Browning A5? Shotgun? Yeah. Yeah. And it's in three and a half. And yeah. it's all black and slick and synthetic. Yeah. You know, when I think of a Browning uh, Auto Five shotgun, I think of, like, something that looks like it belongs out in the field. Wood, blued steel, you know, with that really square receiver in the back above the grip on the stock. Mm-hmm. Not this thing, man. It still has that a little bit, you know, because the recoil system is in the receiver, not in the stock, Right? Uh-huh. Right. Uh, no,
4: no, it's in no? the, it's in the stock. That hump is just, well, why is it it's have just that big, ugly so receiver? that they, you, they claim that it extends your sight lines and it makes it so that you've got a longer uh, thing to sight along, well, but well, really it's because it looks like the old A5 and they're, they're going for nostalgia with it.
0: Okay. You know what though? It does have a really long sight radius. Yeah. I did, I did sight down the barrel and, uh, but anyway, Darren, man, this is a nice shotgun. And it has that explain to me how that speed loading thing works, because Denny and I were looking at it and we're like, Okay, bolts lock back Mm -hmm. and I can push on the lifter. Mm -hmm. Can't do that on other semis. What's that all about? And you can pop a
4: shell into the tube and then it will instantly send that shell back onto the lifter. Lifter goes up, shell goes into the chamber. I've got a gif of it. Is if that
0: you, faster than just dropping it in the receiver and hitting the bolt release? It's so faster. Because really? You, like,
4: if you're going to quad load that thing, uh, you have to oh. throw so you one can into quad the bolt. load it from
0: an open bolt.
4: Yeah, so you turn it oh. over. So go, uh, go to huntinggearguy.com and check out. Never the, heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> check, check out the A5 for three gun. I've got a gif on there that shows that action and shows me. Uh, doing a dual load, but for a quad to be the same thing, and it'll show that auto-loading feature. We should post that
2: in the show notes.
4: Yeah, I'll throw it on. Mm. It's a cool GIF.
0: You're a cool GIF. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thanks, Adriel.
2: All right, Matthew, you're up. What did you do in guns this week?
3: Uh, I didn't get any shooting in. I'm still in the middle of moving and I've been sick and all kinds of other fun stuff's been going on. But I did get into a conversation at work about shooting and hunting. This is great. I mean, the last school I worked at was so gun and hunting friendly uh, because it was in such a rural area. I was sort of concerned working at this new school, how it was going to work out. But (laughs) I shouldn't have been too worried. I went into the library and Field and Stream magazines were on the rack and gun pictures are everywhere, and kids are talking about hunting, and they're showing up in hunting camo and stuff, talking about getting ready for bird season next week, and I got a new shotgun, and my dad bought me a new rifle, and it's awesome. Yeah, so, you're in a better place than you were before.
0: I went, uh, yeah. I there's a guy from that area, maybe even your school, who ended up in the uh, Teachers Association and was president, and he was telling me one time about his deer and beer room. Like, it's his <laughs> bar downstairs with all the bucks <laughs> mounted the perimeter of the room like you are in you're in redneck country my friend it doesn't matter yeah, if you are working really a school or very, a garage
3: yeah yeah, Down it's very redneck is, around
0: here yeah it's great
3: I don't I'm, mind it at all
0: no I'm sure you yeah. don't
3: so anyway the, the gun conversation uh, went in such a way that it was uh, discovered that I shot uh, competition action right uh, Pistol shooting, and one of the guys turns and says, "Oh, ipsic I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Yeah, I shoot ipsic too." I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> "Yeah, Woodstock." "No way." "Yeah, cool." So anyway, now I got new ipsic shooting, buddy. Super! One I lost of my, my best friend. There. Great. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what are you gonna do? You should move closer, huh? Yeah. Well. <laughs> you haven't lost nothing. I'm still coming over. Mm-hmm. And you Aww. came to you came to Woodstock to shoot and, a match, so clearly it's not that out. far. And I didn't even come out. I was like okay. five minutes away. And I didn't even. Oh, about, yes. Well, no, it's mm. not true. I was up in I was up in Evanston during the match because I'm still freaking working on the stupid house trying to. Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's what I have to do this weekend too, and it's perfect flying weather, and I'm very irritated about the whole thing. Thank anyway, you. that's all I did in guns.
2: <laughs> Trevor,
3: you're. So up. I guess it's uh yeah, Trevor, yeah, it's you. So Sorry.
0: um, yeah. I'll pick up where I left off with the gunsmith. I went back there. Uh, twice, maybe this week. I don't remember what the first one was for. Uh, picking up stuff. I bought a scope and some primers and put a new scope on my Magpul 1022 for Maple Seed, but I need lower rings. Um, but anyway, I was back there today. Um, Matthew, do you remember the scope rings that are on my Savage Model 99 and 300 Savage? Those old school Weaver ones? Yes. I kind of got messed up a little bit. So when I was looking for, I, I Facebooked Denis and I asked if he had a set of low one-inch rings. And he said, I just have this one set. They're very, very old. So I'm like, yes, I'll take them. <laughs> they're they're exactly what's on my Savage. Oh, so no way. Yeah. So he's going to awesome. polish them up and hot blue them because they were originally uh, hot blued. So they'll be blued and uh, they'll replace the kind of beat up ones that are on the Savage. So I feel really good about that because I wasn't happy with the with the rings, but they were with the gun originally, so these aren't the original ones that were with the rifle when I got it, but they're the exact same ones, so that's kind of cool. I also brought him the barrel out of the Cincinnati 870 clone that I won at uh, the charity shoot. Mm-hmm. He has chamber polishing brushes for 870 chambers, um, two different hopefully stages. Will help.
3: Yeah, hopefully yeah. it will help with the extraction issues.
0: Yeah, well, two things. One, he's polishing the chamber. Two, I ordered a through him a Volquartsen Exact Edge 870 extractor. And if, it, if the bolt is, um, you know, like a true 870 clone bolt, it'll drop in. If not, oh, well, I'll put it in my 870 bolt and um, we'll just have to grin and bear it with the extractor that's in there. Anyway, I think the chamber is the problem, not the extractor, because there's yeah. one... One of those Winchester universals locked up in the chamber so bad that when I hit the pump on the shooting bench, the extractor claw actually ripped right through the rim and the. No,
3: your extractor is fine. It's just yeah, the
0: it's just, just the, the chamber. chamber
3: is all rough. It just needs to be polished. It'll be alright.
0: Yep. So two yep. things are happening. It's it's not extracting. It's not feeding. So in polishing it, hopefully that'll take care of both. If not, then I'll bring it back and we'll kind of take that sharp edge off the the chamber and kind of radius it and almost make like a like a ramp if you will mm-hmm. just the corners you know what I'm saying yeah yeah so so um there was something else while I was there but anyway I don't know doesn't matter um what else did I do oh yes I shot that level two in um, Woodstock so in how was it forget, it was good it was yeah? good so shout out to Daniel bud um he is what the brother-in-law of our former co-host Yes, he is. Yeah, so shout out to him. Um, he was the match director. Uh, he was um, receptive to practice score, so I brought down my club's tablets and um, our Wi-Fi hub so that we could synchronize them. We uh, we shot in two different squads. Also, shout out to um, Paul Lombard. He had Pat and I stay at his house on uh, the night before the match, which was awesome. Uh, he Although... He, what time are we getting up tomorrow, Paul? So he said, uh, well, you know, we're going to have a big breakfast and stuff, so probably 6 o'clock. Okay. So we get up at 6. How far is the range, Paul? Oh, it's about 30 minutes. Uh, Okay. So by 7 a.m., we are done breakfast and ready to go. And I've already had two cups of coffee. Registration is not until 9.30 in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. So I look at Paul and I go, you know what, Paul? I could have woke up at 6 a.m. in my own bed and been here on time. Well, what the crap, man!
1: <laughs>
0: so he's like, "Yeah, I noticed that you didn't do the math on that." I think it's kind of hilarious. Huh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for that. So, anyway, it's pretty good. There was nine stages. Um, there was a couple of stages that were like, "Okay, from this box, shoot the steel, then you can approach." And I don't like that because it's not really true freestyle lipstick. But you got to work with what you have at uh, at ranges. And, you know, it's it's a level two. And with the level one and level two, it does say in the front of the rule book that you don't have to comply uh, exactly with the strict freestyle notion. So generally in a level three, if you want a guy to shoot through a port, you have to compel him to shoot through a port. If you want him to go prone, you have to compel him to shoot prone. But a level one level two, you can say, shoot through this port. Mm-hmm. Shoot these guys prone, you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, there was uh, very little of that, though. Uh, The stages, other than that, were were good. They were challenging some distance, some sharp angles. I got my first PT of 2017. For for people that don't know, PT is a penalty target. Uh, So it's a target placed in front of a shoot target. You're not supposed to uh, hit them (laughs) or you get penalties. So I I got my first one of the season. And what else? Uh, There was a popper at about 40 yards. That was fun. And... That's it. It was just, it was a good fun level two match, okay. um, and then I did some work on my two twenty two rifles in preparation for Maple Seed. Put that new scope on, and I moved Kelly. Yeah. The um, my you looked at my at my Remington up at the uh, charity shoot, and yep. you felt that the scope should move forward, correct? Correct. Yeah, and we thought we would get a longer rail to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh. It's not going to work because unless I would move the entire rail forward on the receiver, mm-hmm. uh, there's nothing I could do because the um, the eyepiece is hitting the back of the rail. So oh. longer rails. What's that, Adriel?
4: Yeah, that's not going to work unless you yeah, chop the back of the rail and, and go with a cantilever
0: mount or something. Yeah. Yeah or just um you know get in position and suck it up and shoot Hmm. so i moved the uh, i put a piece of paper between the rail and the eyepiece and moved it as close as i could and that's going to be what it's going to be i guess and if it's not uh, suitable to shoot in the maple seed positions then i'll stick wholeheartedly to the magpul which i'll probably do anyway but you guys all know that i think the 597 is uh, a superior platform and Matthew thinks the 795 is superior to those two <laughs> platforms and so on and so forth. And Adriel likes the Nylon 66. <laughs> okay. I like the Nylon 66. Everybody likes the Nylon 66. If you don't, you're a communist. It's a great rifle. Um, oh, oh, God. All right. So last weekend, when I won the Provincials of my limited custom... I, was, I did it using uh, Ginger Snaps' as mags because my mags don't work. The rounds slide forward and they get caught inside the mag well. When you drop the mag, the mag does not drop. And so it adds like a second and a half to all your mag changes because you got to rip the mag out and then put in a new mag. So I thought perhaps shortening the ammunition might help. And I did that and I went to the range. I did some testing. And unfortunately, it didn't change anything. So then I was going to switch to Classic and shoot the Nova Scotia Provincials in Classic. And I actually went out today and practiced with my classic gun. So Wednesday, I practiced with my limited custom. And then today, I practiced with my classic gun. And then on the way home, James Bork is like, I'm not going. There's a long story as to why James Bork is not going to the provincials. It's mostly his fault, but I think he thinks it's my fault. That's kind of a joke. It's pretty much all my fault. And I apologize. I love you anyway, James. Anyway, long story short, James is not going, but he said I could borrow his mags. So I'm going to use his mags again to hopefully win another provincial, not even my provincial. We'll see. Every year I go, I move up a spot, and now I'm ready to move into first. So fingers crossed. We'll see. There's a couple of guys on there that are really tough. Um, But, uh, hey, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going expecting to win. So that's what I'm going to try and do. I'm not going expecting to participate. That's for the other people who like to have fun, whatever that is. <laughs> um, And that's it. That's all I did. And then, awesome. well, I did some dry fire tonight before the show. I'm wearing my pistol right now. There you
2: go. Let's see it.
4: All
0: yeah. right. <laughs> that's it. Adriel, what do you
4: do? Uh, lots of non-gun stuff. Okay, so I pumped out like four articles and three videos. Uh, I finished up my review on the T N W Aero Survival Rifle, which is like a nine millimeter uh, pistol caliber carbine. Uh, the Winchester X X P shotgun, that corrosive ammo one, uh, and then like a guns FAQ that had been sitting in my drafts folder for like a million years, and I decided to finally just publish it. Uh cool. Yeah. I <laughs> My non-gun gun stuff. I changed out the washer, dryer, and dishwasher. <laughs> I was homesick the other day, and uh, my wife's like, "Oh, you're homesick, eh? Okay, well, um, <laughs> the washer doesn't work, and I just <laughs> and now the dishwasher doesn't. So we're fixing them. <laughs> and by fixing, so what replace, did you learn? Uh, don't stay homesick. Just go don't to work. Don't stay homesick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've uh, actually. Um, I'm gonna be selling my. Uh, actually, I already sold it, but my grand is going today. So this will be the the last time I can hear this glorious sound. There we go. Mm. So satisfying. <laughs> uh, and then I don't know. Like I'm, I'm just like I don't know. At, at arm's length, just looking at some different uh, pistols for for a three gun gamer pistol kind of thing. I think uh, Trevor, we've been talking about this a little bit in the. Um, Oh, I don't know, 2 or 3 weeks ago. Uh, there's the STI DVC 3 gun. That's uh, that's kind of like the gamer gun for this, but it's 4500 bucks.
0: Yeah, it's expensive.
4: Yeah, that's uh it's a little bit up there. Uh I don't know, I was thinking like maybe like uh, a Glock 34 that's that's been all tricked yes. out. Um, what what can you do with the triggers on there? Can you get the trigger good enough on a Glock 34 or will it always be like not as good as a single action?
0: It will get uh incredibly good. Actually, Hmm. there's more aftermarket support for Glock triggers than any other striker-fired gun that I'm aware of because in USPSA production, Mm -hmm. you're allowed to tweak your trigger, right? In Uh. IPSC production, you are not. So guys shoot striker-fired guns in in USPSA production fairly competitively. Maybe not on the world stage where they're going against the Tanfoglio's and the Shadows, Mm -hmm. um, but definitely at the national level. Production guns, plastic production guns in USPSA are very popular. So because of that, there's a good market for parts, both the MMP and the Glock, predominantly the Glock. So you can get that sucker down. Like you can actually make the reset so short, it won't reset. Oh. You drop in the Ghost Ultimate. Is it Ghost Ultimate? What's that thing? Anyway, there's a trigger a trigger box mm-hmm. that has an adjustment screw mm-hmm. that um, shortens the reset. And then you can get a A trigger shoe itself that you can adjust the pre-travel so you can take the pre-travel a little bit you can get rid of the uh, over travel you can shorten the reset you can do everything to to those Glock triggers will they ever feel as good as a single action trigger no but they will feel more than good enough for the job at hand
4: hmm that's interesting I mean, the other ones I was looking at was maybe like a Shadow 2 or a really tricked-out Shadow 1, something
0: with uh, some trigger mods. Remember how your safety got bumped off the other day and you got DQ'd? Yeah. -hmm. That's my primary reason for using a striker-fired gun in multi-gun. You don't have to worry about getting the safety on or off. You pull the pistol out, you start shooting, you put it in a retention device, and you move on, and you never have to worry about whether or not the safety was on. Hmm. Uh, And you can get, uh, like, seriously tricked out Glock 34s. If you want to go gamer, like, you can get cut slides and aftermarket barrels and mag wells, and you can make a really, really slick Glock 34 multi-gun pistol. Mm, That's convincing me. Okay,
4: I'm going to start looking into that. I'm going to start. Okay. (laughs) Or? I'll get a Pinterest board going with (laughs) Glock
0: 34 parts. Put put a set of Dave Savigny or Warren Tactical sights on your F N. Learn to shoot the trigger the way it is and save a pile of money. Yeah. It's not really about the money, it's more about like just <laughs> I wanna go. all my other guns are tricked out, darn it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought about it a lot, man. Um uh, Matthew, what was uh the guy's name, the last name, um from our f- friend who used to come here and train with us. Um, First name. I got his name on the target. He actually Alex. wrote his whole name out, too. Alex, Alex. Yes. Alex. So, this Alex kid from Ontario used to come down here and train with us, and he had the most tricked out yeah. Glock 34 you've ever seen. It even had uh, the back plate cut out for an RMR. Mm-hmm. Oof, yeah. Yes. Look, look hard at the Glock 34s, dude. You can get Sweet. aluminum base pads. Yeah, I no know where I can get Ed a Glock 34,
4: so maybe I'll look into that.
0: Cool. Yeah. Anyways, get a Gen get a Gen 3 mm-hmm. so you can go with a full-length tungsten guide rod. Gen 3? Gen 3. If you get and you can tune the spring. If you get a Gen 4, you can buy an aftermarket tungsten guide rod, but the springs are fixed. You can't swap out the springs. If you get a Gen 3, you can get a full-length tungsten guide rod. And then you can go down to a nine pound spring on that bad boy. Oh my goodness. What a smooth, smooth, sweet shooting gun. Hmm. All right. You've convinced me. All right. My work here is done.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I did in guns this week. Kelly.
1: All
2: right. All right. So what did I do in guns? Not much. I went to the Lindhurst Turkey Fair and I worked a table for the CCFR. I, uh, it was all day on Saturday, and it was lots of fun. I had an opportunity to meet our, new, uh, our newest field officer in the Kingston area. His name is Robert Tellian. Uh We had a table that was given to us by John. I think his last name is Wing.
0: Like, did you literally get to take the table home at the end? I did. No. That's
2: awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, John is the owner of Wing's uh, live bait and tackle from Lindhurst. Uh, he's a really nice guy, but he's a huge supporter of gun rights too. It's not just a bait and tackle shop. It is actually, he sends, sells all kinds of hunting rifles and shotguns and milsurp and reloading supplies and clothing and that too. So, uh, it's actually a really, really nice store. So if you're ever in Lindhurst, go and see a store, but anyways, Talked to lots of people. Uh, There was uh, all kinds of people who, like the mayor, the provincial MP was there, federal MP was there too, because Lindhurst is a population of 50, or sorry, 500 people. It's very rural, but there's 8,000 who attend this Turkey Fair. So once a year there's so many people that just come and show up uh it was really fun uh again it's a rural community so lots and lots of people who are hunters were stopping by the booth and they were talking about you know owning their firearms and they're really nice people uh we did have one girl that stopped by as well she was there just at the turkey fair and with her family and she came over and she she's about 19 years old she wanted to know where all the uh where the ranges were in our area, and I asked her, uh, I asked her why she wanted to do it. She said it looked like it would be fun. So she, she's a student and she's going to Carlton University. And I said, why don't you actually hook up with a student uh, union club that's at Carlton? And I put her in touch with them as well. So she's going to go shooting with them. So that was awesome. And then I talked to an older gentleman as well. He was actually he's was nationally ranked about 20, 25 years ago for Ips- IPSIC And Dan- he went down to the U.S. as well. And he was nationally ranked down there. So he's a really cool guy. So we got to talk to him a bit. And then I talked to another man. Now, he's an older man as well. But he is a gun owner. But he's the guy that has, you know, the old bolt action behind the door. Doesn't have a license, and I said to him, "Well, maybe you should get your pal just in case there's any issues." That was my advice to him, but his thinking was that anybody who owned a semi-automatic re- uh, rifle shouldn't have one. Hmm. Um, his thinking was also because of the fact that if you needed a semi-automatic rifle to hit anything, then you shouldn't have. You shouldn't own one. Capital um, F Fud. <laughs> well. The other thing that he said was anybody who owns a pistol, even though they're legally, you're legally able to own one, you shouldn't have one because of the fact that all pistols are made for is killing people. So we had a little bit of a talk. (laughs) And I said to him, well, you know what? You know what? It's great that you came over to see me and talk to me here at uh, an advocacy group table because we are supporting your rights. You are absolutely right. You should be able to have your rifle so that you can protect your livestock from coyotes and different things like that. But I also shoot pistols. So you know what? It is within my rights because I'm legally able to have this. Is legally, I'm legally able to own a pistol. So I would love your support so that I can actually go and shoot my pistol as well. I'm supporting you. I hope you'll support me. Well kind of ended there (laughs) but yeah those are the types of things that we see right As gun owners, owners, we should really be working together. So that's why it was a really good idea to go to this fair. We saw all kinds of different people. We saw somebody who's brand new to shooting that was interested, right? Female, 19 years old, student. But that's where where this is going. And then we saw somebody who is nationally ranked, you know, pistol champion here in Canada to go down to the U.S. And he's amazing. Mm. His name was John Ross. I don't know if you know him or not. He's, he's he's in his late 60s, early 70s. So, um, really, really nice guy. And then we have this gentleman who de- doesn't get it, but maybe I helped him get it a little bit. You know what I mean? I don't know. But that's why we go and do these things and why we go, you know, to the fairs. And it was really cool, too. I got to eat all kinds of really good food. So, And I got to work with some really cool people, too, so... Um, the other thing that I wanted to tell you guys about is Maple Seed, we are working on a whole bunch of new events that are going to be coming out. So we're going to be announcing some of them. So if everybody who's listening, uh, if, uh, if you've not already signed up on the website for notifications, go and do that because of the fact that we have some, uh, events that are going to be released over the next week to two weeks. So I wanted to tell you about that.
0: Um, any cancellations yet for the Sunday or the Saturday in Fredericton?
2: So Saturday, yes, but we filled the spots, so we're, we're currently trying to fill. There's one that's still left. We've gone to the waiting list for the Saturday. Saturday. or Sunday? Saturday. Sunday, no cancellations.
0: Okay, because I need to get in on Sunday, and Muffin needs to get in on Saturday, so okay. can you put Muffin into that Saturday spot?
2: All right, why don't we talk off of
0: I have nothing else to say. Give it to Muffin.
2: <laughs> All right. Let's talk about it after, shall we? All right. Uh,
0: no, just do it. I don't, I don't understand. Why is this? Why do we have to talk later? Like, yes, Trevor, it's done. Thank you, Kelly. Trevor. <laughs> the more you say let's talk later, the more I'm going to poke you. Like, I mean. know.
2: Trevor, I love you. You know that, I love right? you too, Kelly. I know you do.
0: And I love you more if you give that spot to Muffin.
2: I know you would. All
0: right. All right. Make it happen. I'm we'll texting see. them now, the good news
2: <laughs> Great, thanks Thanks hey, a lot you're
0: welcome. No, thank you, uh, you, you
2: Actually, do. why don't we just uh, Yeah, why don't we place them on Because I think we have one extra spot anyways So, we'll make it happen I'll
3: make it happen, don't worry Texting them now
2: Alright, upcoming events
3: Here's yeah. an upcoming event for you <clears throat> I gotta go
2: Bye
3: <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Sorry all right. Yeah, later, Matthew.
2: Have to go. All right. So, Provit River is having a customer appreciation day on September 23rd. Uh, Adriel, you put this in here. It was in on gun nuts. Do you know anything more about it at all?
4: No, just if, you know, if you're in the area and you're looking to uh, um, see what they've got down there, they're going to have some uh, factory reps out. So uh, yeah. it's always interesting. If you haven't been out to something like this before, it's interesting to go out to one.
2: Okay. And they're going to have a barbecue too, it looks like as well. Yeah. So, go out, get some food, go and test out some guns. Three-gun matches, what are the three-gun matches that are going to be happening?
4: Uh, Let's see. On the 24th, uh, upcoming here, there's going to be the CDTSA three-gun. Uh, and then the weekend after, I think Lakeland three-gun is having a match. Uh, I'm not quite sure though. Um, but that'll be on the uh, Saturday there. So, just a couple matches. It's starting to wind down now. Uh, some people yep. who are uh, a little bit wimpier, uh, might be shutting down uh, as soon as it starts getting a little bit chilly outside. But uh, we'll be sh- uh, like my club. We'll be doing three got out, out until November. So
0: <laughs> or, or 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 some of us just want to move on and start hunting. Uh, yeah, not, not with, you know. I'm just saying. Not, cool no los dos? Why not both? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's only so many hours in a day. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Summer fall. Yeah. You you tend to switch, right? Yeah. So the hunting gear guy who's talking about doing three gun and not hunting. (laughs) I got to get out and hunt. Jeez. (laughs) I know. All right. So the next one that we're going to be reading is the Canadian National Steel Challenge Championships on September 22nd and to the 24th by the TT. B-T-S-A, and Homestead Ranges in Nexus, Alberta. The cost is $70 for the first gun and $30 for an additional gun. Shoot one day or both, and uh, may you may shoot up to two main match guns and rimfire. So for more information, there is a website that we're going to be posting on the show notes, or you can register at steelchallenge.ca. As well, there is a BTSA, Buffalo Target Shooters Association, and they're going to be having a young gun shoot uh, contest in the Calgary, Alberta, uh, Sybil Flats area. On September thirtieth, it's a turkey shoot! Yay! We also got the pumpkin shoot on October twenty-second as well. And the other ones we'll talk about later. So if you go on to Facebook and uh, you go on to the Buffalo Target Shooters Association, there you can sign up for that. So it's for the kids. Uh, Adriel, do you want to read this one about the Rocky Mountain House?
4: I'm trying to negotiate for a Glock 34, but I guess. Uh, oh. Well. Where are we at? There we go. Okay. October first in Rocky Did Mountain House. It? I'm working on it. <laughs> all right. You have the chance to try all the action shooting sports at one place. If you're thinking about three gun, precision rifle, IDPA, I- uh, IPSC, steel challenge, or even trap, check out the Match. Wild West has put together a one stop chance to uh, try various action shooting sports. If you're if you're oh, you,
0: you live by Wild West.
4: I don't live by Rocky Mountain House though. Yeah. No. So it's like it's a bit oh. of a drive down there. Uh, I go to Wild West
0: anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Stop by. Say hi.
4: If you're on the fence about what to try, there's a great way to experience it all. Uh, range guns and ammo will be available, so don't wait. Uh, Ken at the Wild West Shooting Center really has put together a great chance for people to try a smattering of what the community has to offer.
2: Excellent. Okay. Summer Slam's so Sorry, if, go ahead.
0: If you get those that gun, Adriel, I want the mm-hmm. sights off of it. I'll give you 100 bucks. So that's right now. You get the gun for a hundred dollars less than he's asking. Keep that in mind. So I need I need new night sights for my seventeen. Those are the same ones that Owen and Matthew run. Mm-hmm. They're great, but they're not good competition sights. You definitely don't no. want to go fiber optics. So keep those for me. Summerslam, Summerslam okay. <laughs> twelve is August fourth and fifth. The stages were sent off today for sanctioning, and everything else that needs to be done as far as admin is concerned that shooters don't even need to worry about is done. Uh, Registration will open up (sighs) no later than December, but there's no reason for me not to literally open it tomorrow. I got a meeting next week to meet with the committee to discuss a few things, and then we will decide exactly when it's going to open. So... Um, the other thing I I didn't put in here but I'll I'll mention um, Matthew is is gone um, unfortunately so maybe I'll wait and announce it next week yeah I'll wait and announce it next week but a date has been selected for Ferlacci training in the Edmonton area because I will be in the Edmonton area on that date so hey why not teach a class Um, summer will be crazy again I'll be flying into Calgary on the 9th and on the eleventh I'll be in Edmonton until the fifteenth or the sixteenth. So there you have it. The date is the fourteenth. <laughs> maybe a four maybe it might be a two day class. Day two will just be Adriel and Matthew, and day one will be Matthew and me. So um yeah, that's I guess I announced it. Sorry, Matthew. Yeah.
2: He says Aw. It's,
0: it's not a hundred hundred percent confirmed because uh we gotta go to the travel agent and finalize all of our uh itinerary stuff for the summer of travel fest twenty eighteen. But yes, mark your calendars for uh July fourteenth. It'll either be July fourteenth or it won't be. How's okay. that? Okay. <laughs> because that's the only day I have. So okay. for Latsy, July fourteenth, Edmonton area. Not Bonneville, Edmonton.
2: He doesn't listen, so you can pretend you didn't You're announce absolutely it. Absolutely
0: right. We'll announce the whole thing <laughs> over again. You can listen like oh so, Trev, what are you guys teaching next year? Well, well Kelly, how kind of you to ask. And then I'll go into it again. It'll be awesome. You're so smart. <laughs>
2: That's why I get paid the big bucks. Exactly. And, yeah, I get nothing. All right, news. And, Adriel, you put in all the news this week. So, thank you. I wanted to say thank you about that. But what's this thing about uh, British Columbia? The restaurant owner.
4: Uh, yeah, so this was uh, this is a guy who had defended him uh, himself and uh, shot an intruder who broke into his restaurant, and uh, he's not taking any charges on. So that's uh, different than what usually happens. I'll just uh, read the first little bit here: uh, A Castlegar restaurant owner who shot an intruder who broke into his restaurant won't be facing any charges. Castlegar RCMP uh, sergeant. British
1: Columbia? Yep. Yeah.
4: Sergeant Laurel Matthews says the incident took place on September 3rd around 4.40 a.m. Uh, the owner of the Chameleon restaurant was sleeping in his living space above the restaurant when he heard smashing and glass breaking. He went to investigate, she explained, taking his twenty two revolver to protect, protect himself. He went downstairs and was confronted by an intruder who bear-sprayed him in the face, incapacitating him. As he was being sprayed, the owner fired his gun. The suspect managed to run away, and the owner called police. Uh, So uh, it sounds like uh, this this person was uh, wounded by the gunshot, but stayed in the Kootenays uh, without going to a doctor or a hospital. Uh, After his arrest, he was taken to the doctor by the police and uh, was uh, sent to jail. So uh, interesting. Yeah, I guess uh, you can get charged for it.
0: That's amazing. I can't believe he didn't get charged. If he was in another province, he would be. And here's the logic they would use. You going downstairs with a firearm caused an escalation. You Uh, shot him because he sprayed you. He would not have sprayed you if you had not gone there. If you had stayed upstairs and called 911, it wouldn't have escalated. If he had come to you with the bear spray upstairs in your living quarters, sure, fire at will. Even if his name's not Will, shoot him anyway. But you went to him, you were the cause of the escalation. That is how 90% of the charges, I'm not going to say 90%, I'm not going to throw any numbers on it, but that is the rationale for for charges being laid in this type of situation if it occurred in another jurisdiction. And I'm amazed that they didn't apply the logic that I just did. What they
2: said was uh, they considered all the facts and the circumstances. He took a significant blast of bear spray to the face and was incapacitated. And at that point, he was protecting himself uh, from who knows what. At that point,
1: exactly,
0: exactly. The use of force was
2: reasonable under the circumstances, and that's what the RCMP said.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing, and that's and that's what it should be. But it so often goes the other way. All you had to do, sir, was stay upstairs, but you didn't, and now you shot him. And you know, I mean, he's lucky. I agree with I. I agree with the RCMP in this case. That's <laughs> awesome. I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm in the <laughs> twilight zone. Uh yeah. All right, he all had right.
2: Not much bear spray in the face. i wonder if he could actually that see what he's s- shooting.
0: Well, there's that too. I'm Apparently, just, good.
2: Apparently, all right. So the next one is about ITAR. Well, Trump it, administration per, prepares to ease export rules for the U.S. guns. That's good.
4: Yeah, really, it's uh, it's around guns, but I think uh, like we're, we're there's still going to be export import paperwork with guns. Yep. But uh, in in terms of ITAR being loosened, uh, that means that as Canadians will have access to buy uh, parts straight from the U.S. Yes. Um, well, we already
0: do. So what are they? Uh, well, a we already do, amount?
4: but but some of them are kind of a pain in the butt, right? Like try to try to import like a shotgun barrel or an AR barrel or something like that from the states. Yeah, or, some
0: things. Yeah, just some things require an export license, and the export license uh-huh. went up. Used to be ten bucks a license. Now it's two hundred and fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Officer Frank built his AR out of Brownells. You know, he got the barrel out of Brownells. He got the bolt carrier group out of Brownells. And he just did all the export paperwork and it was like 10 bucks, but now not so much. So maybe it's going back to 10 bucks. Does it give any specifics, to Adriel? Uh, I didn't read that far into it to, to see and any no,
4: specifics.
2: It doesn't give any specifics. It says the final draft has actually been been done and it's going to be uh, sent to the White House Budget Office within the next couple of days.
0: Yeah. And
2: other than that, nope, no specifics.
0: Alright, well, it's going to be better than... What it is now. Yeah, loosening is always good. Yeah. Well, for gun loss.
2: <laughs> yes, for gun loss. Some other things, not so much.
0: Couldn't let it go, huh? <laughs> couldn't, just couldn't let it go. Couldn't, couldn't just move no. on. And I appreciate it.
2: Let's move on, shall we? The Mauser yes. study. This is something that I'm very interested in. Uh, Adriel, you posted this as well. It's Canadian gun laws are not being applied to violent criminals, and the study is absolutely correct.
4: Yeah, or this was uh, Gary Mauser. Idea. He uh, he's done a couple of these uh, um, gun crime studies, and one of the one of the interesting things that uh, that I pulled out of this was and I'll just pull the exact quote: finding an average of roughly 3,000 gun related cases per year. Roughly 2,880 of those cases did not involve any charges for violent crime, such as murderers or assault. Uh, mm-hmm. So a lot of these gun-related cases might be they arrested someone for drugs and there were guns there, or unsafe storage, or uh, that kind of thing. So a lot of these uh, a lot of these cases there wasn't uh, there wasn't like someone getting blasted. There wasn't any any straight up victim of it. Uh, they were just other charges that were related to uh, firearms.
2: Yeah, then that's correct. Usually what we see is anybody who has either um, murder, uh, second-degree murder, uh, manslaughter, or even sometimes um, assault, causing bodily harm, the firearms charge is dropped.
4: Yeah, that was the other thing that showed up was (laughs) they don't bother going after that one if they've got them for murder. So well, a lot of uh, I mean, yeah. uh, otherwise law-abiding gun owners are getting nailed with unsafe storage, unsafe
1: when, storage. When, when nothing else yep. will stick. Yep. All
0: right. When it comes to murder in Canada, you only pay for the first one anyway. You murder one person, you murder five. You're only getting life. You don't get life five times. Yeah. Just a little nugget of information. So know,
4: know, your, know your bulk pricing in Canada for murder, <laughs> I yeah. guess.
0: Yeah, uh, and I mean, if we had the the death sentence, they can't kill you twice. True. Also, a nugget <laughs> of information. <laughs>
2: yeah. Thank you, thank you, sure. Trevor.
0: It's just you know, just educating the the masses.
2: Yes. Yes, you are. Uh, the gun registry and
4: yeah, it's one of you guys is going to have to cover this one cuz I don't follow I'm not Quebec talking about it. whatsoever. <laughs>
2: the Quebec gun registry and the article that you posted is all in French. Thank you for that. And
4: the, the, any- it's uh, all the articles in Quebec are in French. I don't I don't <laughs>
0: <follow> what happens <laughs> over there. And I'm just pissed off because you got a bunch of people in Quebec who don't support the pro-gun orgs. And now all of a sudden they're saying, are you going to do something for us? Are you going to sue the government for us? Uh, No. (laughs) No, because you're not a member of this organization. So, you know, like I've got a huge bone to pick with um, a lot of people who follow gun orgs on social media and they, they somehow in their mind think that that makes them a member of that organization. No, 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 no. If you don't buy a membership... You're not actually contributing. And your attitude is, well, if they do anything good by default, uh, no, no, they don't. They never have to join, Kelly. Let's say that the CSSA or the CCFR somehow stepped in and abolished the long gun registry in Quebec. Okay. Okay. Yep. Everybody benefits, whether they're a member of the CCFR or the CSSA or not. The government won't then turn around and say, all you guys over here that never joined the pro-gun org that made this happen... It doesn't apply to you. You still get a registry. It doesn't work like that. No, so there's a, there's a bunch of freeloaders in the Canadian gun scene that are like just, I, I mm, you know, you look at the, I can't, I can't, I got to stop because I'm going to insult and offend a whole bunch of people. So I should just stop
2: so one of the things that I have been seeing is that a whole bunch of people that I know who are from Quebec they're starting to step up and join the CCFR as field officers and that so that is a good thing I'm trying to all offset
0: six that. of them all well, six of them that's hey, awesome
2: it's a start right.
0: little to no membership in the CCFR out of Quebec yeah. but they but they want the CCFR to sue on their behalf no it doesn't work like that
2: this message has been brought to you by Trevor.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> how you really feel. <laughs> That's how I really feel. Yeah. You know, uh, and you it's did. not just Quebec. There's people, you look at the amount of people who like the CCFR on Facebook and you compare that to the amount of members in the CCFR and the numbers are way too far apart.
2: Yeah. we're trying. CC-
0: to I know the, the CCFR same. was born on social media, but following it on social media doesn't make you a member. Nope.
2: Yeah. It doesn't so anyways like your- the
4: gun registry is back in Quebec thank you <laughs> I think uh, not
2: thank you but the gun registry <laughs> but thank you Adriel for
4: yes I have thank no you. idea how it works or how it's being implemented if there's a, I have no idea about any of the details
2: it's probably it'll be a good subject to talk about maybe on a another show
0: yeah on another podcast
2: <laughs> okay fine all right so uh, there's another one there. And
4: last one. Yeah.
2: Last one. Thank you.
4: That's Andrew. the, uh, <laughs> we talked about this, oh, is it a month ago, two months ago, about how the uh, U.S. military was looking at the 762 by 51 and uh, a, a different rifle, an inter- intermediate rifle. And uh, yes. according to this article on soldiersystems.net, I don't know how uh, credible that is or not credible, but uh, uh, that program is now toast. Done.
2: Okay, so they're not getting out. Awesome.
4: No, I don't think they should. I think the I think it was a mistake to to go to anything other than five five six because well, I mean not anything of it. like there's other cartridges in the world, but like seven six two by fifty one that that time is over for uh, for just general soldier kind of stuff.
2: Yeah All right. New gun stuff. Why don't we talk about that? And again, Adriel, you did all the work this week, so thank you. The Durham Outdoor Sports has an M&P nine's on sale for four hundred and fifty nine uh, bucks.
0: That's that's not good. What's not good? I gotta buy good? my guns. I gotta buy my godson a gun and watch an M&P.
4: <laughs> I don't know and if this is the. I don't know if this is a range kit though. So, you like, definitely clarify. Four hundred fifty nine. If that's a range kit, is a like screaming can't be, deal.
0: Can't be a range kit. And it's probably used.
4: No.
2: Nope. No.
4: Really? Yeah.
0: It's
2: a good price.
4: A yeah. Great price. Yeah. Huh? They had a couple of really decent prices on there. Anyways.
0: <laughs> well, anyway, I, listen, I don't like him that much. He's getting something used.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please. He should anyways. Pistols don't wear out. Exactly. Uh, the, next, block, uh, the next one so. here is uh, Wolverine has the XCRM on sale. That's the three hundred eight version of their XCR uh, for twenty five oh, eighty over so, the summer.
0: So Black Labs, whatever NEA's new name, yeah, puts out a non puts out a non restricted AR ten, and all of a sudden the price of the XCRM falls down.
4: Hmm, mm-hmm. well, that's the market, and you know market responding.
2: That's the way it works.
4: Yep. Uh, the next one is wand uh, stalls. Thank you, got it right this time. <laughs> uh, they're getting in the uh, KSG-NR uh, 12 gauge. This is a three-inch chambered uh, KSG. It's got uh, a vertical four grip that uh, pumps as well. That's on the front there, so it's uh, it's quite a bit different uh, than the regular KSG.
2: I don't know if I'd actually be able to work that. Mm. I can't pat my head and run my stomach the same time.
4: Yeah, it's uh they they're not that bad to run there. Actually, I really like uh uh firing the KSG. It's just for for three gun I can't do it cuz the the loading them is is not uh, not very fast. Yeah.
0: What do they have? What it's the what now? The KSG NR.
4: It's got a it's got a little bit different uh barrel on it, I think.
0: Why? I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's it's a Keltec. Come a on,
0: three inch chamber, mm-hmm. different barrel on it as well. Yeah, yeah. It's got a flashlight built in. But why does it have a why? why the whole idea, of the kid, like previous gens, this one clear. Oh, it's reduced. It's it's same barrel length but shorter tubes. Is that what's going on?
4: Different it, version of the KSG.
0: Just like previous generations, this one just clears the required overall length for non-restricted, at twenty-six point one. Plenty compact, tactical, and landing soon. So when you look at it, it looks like a KSG with an extended barrel. Yep, but it's not. It's shortened tubes. Ah, right. So it's all lame. Okay. Well, it would be lighter.
2: It would be lighter, because I'm reading what Wanstall has to say, and it says still like the original, but lower overall capacity and slightly
0: less weight. Yeah, They took the coolest thing about the KSG and they neutered it. The cool hey. thing about the KSG was that it had so much capacity, and they've gone and neutered it.
4: Yeah, I don't know. They found uh, a
0: way to make a KSG worse. My hat is off to you, people. Congratulations. That is you more did what I did not think could be done. You made a Celtic product even worse. It's more compact. Hey, you know what? You wouldn't be uh, as much no of a more risk compact on this because the barrel. Well, the, the barrel's same line longer. longer. <laughs> You're right. You wouldn't blow your hand off. You
4: wouldn't blow your hand long. off yet yeah, because the barrel's longer and you and the vertical foregrip is right there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they so they finally figured out a way to safely integrate a vertical foregrip by mm-hmm. making the uh, foregrip stay back out of shooting range when it breaks.
4: <laughs> no, this one's built in. This one's not going to break. The other one was like hanging onto a little tiny bit of bit of plastic. Uh,
0: Picatinny rail. Keitel? Kei- Keitel? Zitel. What Zytel? was the name for their plastic? Yeah. Junk. Uh. Fra- fragile. Fragile. Brittle. Yeah. The knuckle buster.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next one. I-, I just haven't seen a lot of these. Uh Cal has these uh, vented metal handguards for the SKS. They go on kind of the top. Ah, uh, they look neat. They're they're just a replacement for the wood, um, and just yep. replace it with metal instead.
0: Trevor,
2: um, you need one.
0: No, I don't. I don't like these at all. <laughs> my um, my M1 carbine came with one of these because it's post-war, mm-hmm. yep. and the first thing I did was get my hands on a wooden handguard to replace it because I think they look lame. A lot of people love the look of that vented handguard on a M1 carbine, so if you like that, you'll probably like this. But uh, no, I, like I could it. see this. I like I like the metal top on it rather than wood. Well, I could see this on a stock or a chassis system. Um, not the Tapco, right? But like maybe an Archangel or something. But uh, yeah, uh, this with the wood? No. But this with one of the chassis systems? Uh, aftermarket plastic stock sure why not i like it with the wood it's almost like isn't it the the mini 14
4: that's got like a a metal uh, top kind of like thing um
0: depending on the version yes yeah and also you know what this kind of also looks like too it sort of looks like a um svt 40 it's got a little bit of a metal thing going on up front there
1: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so it's not unheard of to to have that style Anyway, it's on an SKS. Who cares? Wait, do I like them this way? I don't remember. Do it's I very like confusing
4: them or hate them? to hear you talk about your opinions about, like, no, it
0: needs wood on the top of that, right? You know what? <laughs> hey, if gender can be fluid, a person's taste in firearms can be fluid. That's, right. That's true. And Tastes can sta- change. One of those statements is true. <laughs>
4: opinions can change. Yes. Yeah. All right, the next yeah. one here. I don't know if you guys know about this. I, ju- I just came across it, and it's it's new to me. Uh, that Tat- is cool. TACOM has coming out with, like, these very lightweight 22 yeah. uh, uppers for ARs. So they've got one for 450 bucks. It's two pounds and six ounces, which is <laughs> light.
2: Really light.
0: <laughs> that's like yeah. what a small baby weighs. Yeah. well, I like that the, the barrel is wrapped in carbon fiber and basically looks like one big long suppressor. And that's the... F-
4: that's what you grab onto is just that carbon fiber. So it's kinda neat. It's uh that's very neat. It's very, very nice. neat. So you could take something like this, make maybe grab one of those uh plastic lowers and then have yourself an extremely light uh twenty two AR kind of a thing, right?
1: hmm
4: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you wanted to get your kid into uh, shooting three gun, or if you wanted to have like a little mini three gun stage or something like that, this would be the ticket to to run. Steel right? challenge, man! Steel oh challenge. yeah, yeah. Fun, fun stuff.
2: Well, thank you. Those are some of the stuff that we want to get. Maybe not all of the stuff that
4: we would like to
2: get. Hmm. Okay, main topic. What are we going to talk about tonight, you guys? Rusty guns. Sure, gun storage. <laughs> how to properly store your firearms long term. So it's something that we've talked a little bit about, apparently, but Adriel and I uh, weren't part of that conversation. So we thought about talking about it this week. So what are the things that we really should be doing to store our rifles long term or any gun long term? Well,
4: why don't you why don't you like talk a little bit of what why we're um, broaching this topic, anyways?
2: Well, recently yeah. we saw. S- <laughs> Trevor, why don't you talk about it? Because I don't want her mad at me.
0: I don't want her mad at me either.
2: <laughs> okay. Trace,
0: Trace, Tracy Wilson had an incident. Oh yeah. She actually had a device called a damp trap, which has a chemical in it that's mm-hmm. supposed to absorb absorb moisture. You put it in your gun safe or near your gun safe or in your gun room. And the plastic failed. And the chemical leaked inside the safe and destroyed the finish on two of her guns. Somehow this is costing me money. I I felt bad immediately called her up. And I'm like, oh, you poor thing. Mail me one and I'll get Denise to restore it. My, my expense. Merry Christmas. Really? That's yeah. nice. Oh, whatever.
2: I knew she anyway. was mailing you one.
0: Yeah, well, that's why she's mailing me one. Because I felt awful. And, uh, you know, Denise does amazing work. So.
4: Yeah. Anyway, well, there's the the water that's in there that got out and then there's also calcium chloride or something like that which is uh which
1: corrosive.
4: Uh, it's corrosive and it it will uh it will attract water to it. So yep. it's it's almost like your uh, uh corrosive uh, salts in uh, in the primer of a, a corrosive round of ammo kind of a thing. So,
0: well, it, listen to you Heisenberg. <laughs>
4: I had a client that sold calcium chlorides <laughs> yeah, I bet you bought some too. Yeah. No. Did you
2: put it on? Did you put it on your primer? Carissa ammo?
4: No, I could have. Oh man, that would have been oh. way easier.
0: Ah. <laughs> Next time. Yeah. Hilarious.
2: Instead of peeing on it. Okay.
4: <laughs> got a great point, Adrian. Yeah. Anyway, so, I mean, I thought it was, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a decent enough topic to talk about, especially heading into winter where our guns might stay in the safe for months at a time yeah. and we might not look at them, right? Yeah. Right, First, and that's,
2: that's exactly it. We're going to be having to store them, and uh, they could be susceptible to, to moisture as well while we're What's storing that? them. Well, oh, sorry?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, one of my, um, I just had a magazine pouch malfunction on my Ipsic belt that I'm taking to the Ipswich Provincials in Nova Scotia with me tomorrow. oh thank God this happened here and not there, because I wouldn't have had any spares with me. <gasps> that would have sucked. Anyway, carry on. Um, <laughs>
1: okay.
0: <laughs> I'm going to carry on. I was just going to say, I'm glad we're talking about this, because um, some of the listeners may know I built a new gun room. Yes. And, and yes, you it, did. And in that location, in the house, I am unaware of what the humidity levels are going to be like. Spring, <laughs> summer, fall, winter, etc. Typically... Um, the air gets dry in the wintertime, but I don't know yeah. what it's going to be like in this particular room, given the ventilation and that location of the house, et cetera. So the first thing I need to do is I need to get a I'm gauge sure. for measuring the humidity in that room and then act accordingly. Like so let's talk about that for a second. Do either of you know what the ideal humidity should be for your gun room? on our stocks? To, yeah, but, Dry, we don't want our stocks to completely shrivel up and crack, um, but we don't want it to be a monsoon in there either. Well, I've I have no idea. Like, in dry Alberta, 30% I've, dry? I've never had a problem with a stock cracking or drying fair. out,
4: but I yeah, have fair. had guns rust even as dry as it is here. Wow. Well, so dry as you can get it is, is <laughs> I think, what you're wanting to go after.
0: Yeah, no, right. I, okay. If you've got guns rusting in Alberta, then hmm. I can see the ocean from my window. I need to make sure that, yeah. Okay, so let's say that I uh, my gun room is humid. How do I get the humidity out of there without actually, I mean, obviously I could put a dehumidifier in there, but mm-hmm. is there any other tips or tricks I could use?
2: Well, one of the things you probably should do before we put in, like the damp traps or silica beads or anything like that in it, shouldn't we be pre- prepping firearms first
4: what kind of guns need
0: prepping some of them don't yeah so
2: like oiling shotgun barrels and and all that shouldn't we do that first
0: not necessarily because then if i go to use the gun i need to unoil it if i'm gonna store a gun somewhere with questionable humidity for a long period of time uh yes i agree with you kelly but what if it's just the gun is going to be on the rack and it may be on the rack for two years, but not intentionally. When I go to pick it up, I don't want it to be rusted, but I don't want to have to spend 30 minutes cleaning oil out of it either. Uh, I would. So for a shotgun,
4: something that's got like uh, uh not like a, a modern finish on the outside of the barrel, I would go for, I would still oil the outside of it uh, to protect it. Because when you, you know in the fact for that,
0: what's that? Wherever you, wherever you buy ballastol, you can buy ballastol wipes. Picture a baby wipe, yep. but soaked in oil. Ooh. And they are great. You can rub down wood, leather, steel. Just rub the whole thing in ballastol on the outside. And then clean up as a snap. Just wipe it off with a paper towel or a rag when you're ready. Yeah. Because I've, uh, I've had
4: shotguns that um, started to get a little bit of flash rust on the outside of them. Uh, just from, again, sitting in a pretty dry safe. Um, but that's why I always like I'd always oil oil down the uh, the outside of my shotgun barrels and anything that's uh, that's not got like a really great finish on it. What's what's an example of some guns that you probably don't have
0: to worry as much about uh, for rust? Stainless,
2: stainless mm-hmm. steel, yeah.
0: But you know, right? Like anything Remington. I mean, Remington, the new whatever they're doing, the new Parkerizing on eight seventies, they rust on the way home. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs>
4: Uh, I, and I've seen the same thing from a uh, uh, new Marlin 4570, which is uh Remington, where it, it rusted just from going outside and then inside,
0: just the condensation.
2: The condensation,
0: well, yeah, there's yeah. One, yeah, you can you can avoid um, one of the things that you do is like a muffin and I shoot in the winter a lot, and I've never had a gun rust. And one of the tips that I was put on to early on, and I think it was uh. Thomas Donnelly, either on New Shooter Canada or he wrote in when we had this topic before. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you come home, do not take your firearm out of the case. Yeah, that's when the that's when the condensation is going to kick in. Leave the firearm in the con in the case and it... leave it slowly warm up inside the case. Like just leave it there for hours and then open it up and put it away. If you that was open actually
2: it up... a show you were listening to?
0: Oh, was it? Okay,
2: yeah, I was on it.
0: <laughs> so I always <laughs> I always definitely follow that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Now, the other thing about that is I go a lot of shooting events that I've been going to recently have been raining.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so uh, the cases seem to get really, really wet. So obviously I've been removing everything out of the cases as soon as possible, letting the cases dry out and also sure. the firearms dry out too. But yeah, there is a lot of condensation, especially if you're at winter shooting and you bring it in and um, yeah, you you're at winter shooting, you bring it in and it warms up all of a sudden taking it out. There's going to be a lot of condensation on it. So let it, yeah. Yeah.
4: Um, so I, I would add a couple more different kinds of firearms. So like stainless firearms. Yeah. I would say,
0: uh, your modern pistols really? that you have, uh, <laughs> what?
2: You, you totally dropped out.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe you didn't on your end. So maybe it's in the recording. I don't know. Yeah.
4: yeah. It sounds fine on my side, but, uh, uh, some of the, like a Glock and that kind of thing. Have you ever had a Glock rust on you? You'd have uh, to you have no. to wear that tennifer off, right?
0: They don't rust. Talk sense. You kiss your mother with that mouth in front of you.
4: <laughs> well, it was you funny because bastard. I was I was at an Ipsic, uh match and it started raining. I'm like, I don't need to do anything. My gun's fine. But everyone else who's running these open guns, they all got these little baggies they put around them to, to keep the water off of them, right?
0: Oh, that's just because they like their accessories.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that too, <laughs> but it's uh, like with a lot of uh, a lot of combat and uh, just rough and tumble pistols these days. They they have a, a decent to. finish on them, and they're they're a hard wearing finish that will like very much prevent rust. So not as much to worry about on those.
2: Nope. Mm. All right. So what do we do to prevent the moisture buildup? In a safe, or even in a gun room, like Trevor has. Trevor, you have wood all around.
0: Like and I have wood everywhere. <laughs> the ceiling, the walls. I walked into it. Yeah. You walked into. Oh. Well, try not, not to. At all. Yeah, try not- so, what Kelly is referring to is the walls, the ceiling, the floors, all wood. Yeah. Uh, like wood boards with varnish. Yeah. It. So. Um. Yeah, I don't know if that stuff will uh, be more susceptible to hold humidity in the room as painted sheetrock. I have no idea. So for, like I said, first things first, I need to find out what my humidity levels are. I guess mm, yes. I've been fortunate because the guns have been in this location for a while with uh, no rust.
2: Yeah, and you are somebody who's going to have a lot of moisture because of the fact that you're right beside you're right beside the ocean.
0: Yeah, and I mean... Um, I run two dehumidifiers in the basement, even though yep. the basement was, you know, well, I guess the floor hasn't been sealed. But the walls are sprayed with that real thick uh, insulation, the spray on insulation from the floor of the basement all the way up to um, the floor joists in the ceiling. And then sheetrock put over that and we still run two dehumidifiers 24-7 uh, emptying them once a day. So So
2: but that's not in the basement. That's not up in the gun room.
0: I know, but just to give you an idea, the whole house house. is kinda kinda humid. Yeah. So Yeah. So anyway. Worst case I will put a dehumidifier in there if I have to.
2: Well that's what I was gonna ask. Are you planning to put a dehumidifier in the room itself?
4: It's a big enough room you're not gonna be able to get away with like silica beads or like a damp
0: trap or anything like that. Yeah. (sighs) Sucks. I hope I don't have to, but Whatever it is, what it is.
2: So, that's exactly it. Silica beads; those are like those little pack. You know, when you buy a pair of running shoes, you know.
0: And do not eat this.
2: <laughs> yeah, it says do not eat that. Yeah. You can, you can even go to uh, who, who is it? Michaels. Michaels. They have it in a big jar because people use it to um, really when flour drying. Yeah.
0: Really? Huh. Yeah. So you could like cool. make your own.
2: Absolutely.
0: Oh, everybody should be doing this and putting them inside their pistol cases and their gun cases.
2: Yeah, you can go and buy a huge bottle of it. It looks almost like a liter jar of it at Michael's.
4: I've got one of those uh, one of those packs that you get at Cabela's that comes in a box, has a little like, sensor on it that says if it's pink, then you need to, to uh, put it in the oven and warm it up for a bit kind of a thing. I've, oh yeah. That's I, a good idea. I've never had to do it. It dries. It's like today is, is it's been raining for like three days. So it's, it's fairly humid today, but normally uh, it's, I don't have to do anything. So like, that's just like evening out the, uh, the humidity in there. And that's, that's all I need here in Alberta in a safe, in a safe room. I'd probably need something bigger. Mm.
1: Right.
2: So what else is bigger besides a dehumidifier or anything?
4: No. Well, there's I think There's the, the electronic ones. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's there's the safe electronic ones that you that you use. Those are a little bit smaller. Um yep. but Trevor, you you've probably got some big honking ones that would work like for the whole room, right?
0: Probably. Yeah. Stack-on makes a cordless dehumidifier as well that goes inside the gun safe. Have you seen these? It's actually a stack-on product. Mhm. Yeah, I've seen those. Mhm. Okay, so but let's let's go back to I think what Kelly your original intention was prepping right. the firearms. If okay. we can't control the humidity, right. we can control the guns. So how do we prep the guns? I mean, yeah, okay. We all know we should have that long piece of plastic tube sealed on one end. Like everybody needs to have a gun in one of those somewhere at the old farmhouse or something. But wait, no, sorry, wrong show. Um, <laughs> what do we do with the firearm if we can't control the humidity? How do we protect the gun from the humidity we talked about oiling down the outside what about the barrels I've done that before like when I first moved here I didn't know what the humidity levels would be like in this house so I took a wet patch covered it in um, uh, ballast and put it in the barrels of my guns and then put a little post-it note in the tip of every barrel that I oiled to remind me to clean the oil out before I went and fired them and you know what happened the ballast eight all of the copper fouling in the rifling and I had a revolver that I thought was clean and boy when I went to take the oil out in the spring to fire the revolver the lead came out of that barrel that I had no idea was even in there so if you're going to put oil in the barrel I think you got to be careful what oil you do use because if you've got a rifle that's been fouled in and has a nice copper bearing on the rifling be prepared to have to go foul it in again. So you're going to lose your accuracy until you foul it into your ammunition again. Just something to keep in mind. Or do you guys know of like an oil that won't do that?
4: Uh, Well, I mean, I, I use, uh, (laughs) I use like CLP or uh, my favorite is uh, just five, five W 20 synthetic. And I just put it over, put it over the steel and just keep it coated.
0: No, I'm talking in the barrels though. What would you use in your barrel? Uh, would you oil inside inside your barrel? Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. use that 5W20 and I just
4: before I leave if I'm going to go to the range I just run a uh bore snake through it and
0: call it yep. a day.
2: That's what I do too.
0: You really got to make sure you get that eye well, okay, now somebody correct me if I'm wrong whether it be you two or a listener. I was told that one of the reasons you always clean the barrel On a new firearm, whether you bought it secondhand or you bought it at a store, is when firearms are kept in storage long-term, there is a thin coat of oil in the rifling to prevent rust because manufacturers never know the conditions in which they will be stored while waiting to be sold. Right. And if you don't clean that oil out and you start firing rounds down there, you bake that oil into the lands and grooves and permanently affect the accuracy. Myth or... That sounds Back. like a myth to me. Like, you probably don't want that oil in there anyways
4: because it could, like, cause pressure issues with the, uh, with the rounds. Yeah. Um, There's that. But I don't so, think it'll bake in there or anything like that. Like, we're talking about, like, hot, like super high pressure, like, crazy amount of uh, pressure and, and heat that
0: uh, I don't think that oil's going to stick around very long. So, most mostly myth, you think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: But we clean, oh, as soon as we get a gun anyways, we clean it.
0: Yeah, good practice, right? That's what everybody should. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, like don't know.
4: You mentioned there that the the oil that they have in there that's not lubrication oil. That's preventative, like rust prevention. So it's it's usually thicker, uh, and it's not it's not for lubrication whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've ever taken a brand new firearm out of the package and and it say make sure you clean this first before you shoot it because there's oil in the barrel.
4: Hmm. But we're OCD, so we'd probably clean it anyways see how it works, take it apart.
2: Yeah, that's probably true. Clean it, take it apart, put it back together.
4: Yeah. Just fun. Just good fun. (laughs) Trevor. Yeah. You
2: you talked about the fact that you,
1: uh,
2: well, yeah, you did. You Um, are doing a really nice thing for, for Tracy. You said, send it to me and I will have my gunsmith, have a look at it. So what had happened is her barrels were rusted and pitted because of, because of, this right. Mm-hmm. So, what do you what do you do to fix? What do you do if something does happen? And you, how do they fix it?
0: Okay, so um, depending on the civil, well, regardless of the severity, the original finish needs to be removed. So, if you are following that thread on the CCFR Facebook page, you'll see that she brought her gun, one of her uh, shotguns, I think the Bacale, to wherever she brought it, I don't remember. And the first picture is it's all pitted and rusted yep. and stuff. Well, the pitting the pitting is going to happen over time. She had some surface rust. I don't think any pitting had occurred yet, but it certainly messed up the finish. So what a, what a um, gunsmith will do is remove the original finish, mostly through polishing. They'll just use uh, some kind of solvent or compound and a polishing wheel and remove all all of that um, corrosion and the original finish and get it down to um, plain steel. So here you had a gun that was blued one day and now it's shiny looking stainless the next day. And once the surfaces have been prepped for refinishing, then they go in a chemical bath with bluing salts and hot bluing a gun is actually a form of corrosion. You're rusting the gun essentially in a, um, in a in a uh, in a way, it's a way of finishing putting a finish on the metal and it's actually it works with salts and I don't profess to know at all but it is actually uh, a yeah. type of, of corrosion right, Adrian? Like a rust? Help yeah. me out here. I'm yeah, like a really
4: a really nice looking rust that uh, is is something of a finish, just like um, aluminum. When you scratch it, it forms aluminum oxide to protect aluminum. Um, Using those uh, uh, bluing salts, you'll uh, and and hot bluing a, a barrel or or a receiver or something like that, you'll get a nice uh, consistent finish. I mean, you can also do like a, a manganese phosphate uh, parkerizing on the outside. Um, there's a couple of other different options for uh, for doing the the finish, or I mean, <laughs> or you could just paint it.
0: No, <laughs> <Still>, stop. <laughs> well, I mean, like I'm looking at Tracy's Bacale here. And so the bacale was originally hot-blued, so she's going to get it hot-blued again. Mm-hmm. But there's hot-bluing, rust-bluing, parkerizing, and uh, then you can, as you said, get into your baked-on finishes like Cerakote. Yeah. Um, so...
4: And some of those, like they, they all have their pros and cons. I think if you were, if you're just looking for the most uh, hard wearing uh, finish, you'd probably want one of the factory ones that, uh, like, gets put on a Glock or something like that. Because those, uh, those are, are pretty. Uh, they'll, they'll t- take up the abuse and they'll keep rust off your gun um, and they'll look okay. But like the traditional thing is, uh, is more of a, a
0: hot blue. Mm, Yeah. Now, my um, Ipsic pistol that I ran all year in Classic is an STI Trojan, and it's one of their uh, more expensive 1911s that they make. Now, of course, they make some really expensive 1911s and 2011s, but um, it's an $1,800 pistol, and the finish is garbage. They call it satin bluing. I call it crap and bluing. It's been wearing off. Just where my hand, like I don't have sweaty hands. You know, some people have sweaty hands. Like you hate to shake their hand because you, you immediately are looking for sanitizer right after. My hands never sweat. My palms don't sweat. But the back of the grip is is worn just from, just from holding it. And a bunch of the other, uh, of course, there's holster wear, but it's just terrible. And uh, I'm considering getting it hot-blued. But then it'll have a whole pile of holster wear again, and then I'm like, you know what? Eh, why? It's an IPSC pistol. Yeah. I got my fancy, sh- fans, fancy, fancy, showy 1911. This one is a is a is a, a gun made for beating around the Ipsic range. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay to put a new finish on, just yep. to mess it up again. Nope, nope. Don't think so. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. All right. Anything else that we need to talk about for storage of your firearms long term? What
1: do
0: you think? No, I think. Uh, if you're going to go really, really long term, sorry, Adriel, you're going to go really, really long term. Of course, you can always get some cosmoline. That's
4: true. <laughs> <laughs> Store Just
2: it, brew in up a some of that. Someplace. Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah, if you're if you're gonna uh, you know put a gun in a pipe and and dig a hole and and pop it
1: in, put it you'd, in.
4: You'd probably want yeah. something cosmoline-ish, which is uh, kind of like a light grease kind of thing that goes on there and it stays on there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, keeps the oxygen off, which prevents the uh, corrosion, the oxyd- oxidizations. Mm-hmm.
2: Oxidizations. <laughs> okay. That's what
0: I said. <laughs> yeah, it's getting it. late.
2: All right. I think that we pretty much beat that the dead horse. All
1: right.
2: Yeah. Okay. So why don't we do listener feedback? And because Matthew is not here, he's left us. Trevor, you get to read this then.
0: Okay. Oh, this is from James.
2: Yeah, this is from James.
0: Well, this is mostly about me, I think, and he wanted Matthew to read it. This is hilarious. And and James, we didn't take time to edit it. We're going to read it verbatim <laughs> as it is written. All right. Now, in fairness, James works around chemicals all day and types on a refrigerator, <laughs> or types on a sorry, types on a on a on a phone. A refrigerator. The chem- <laughs> yeah, he works on refrigerators all day. <laughs>
4: He's got those refrigerators that have the internet on them. That's how he sends emails. That's
0: how he sends his emails. Man, I messed that up. So he says, Trevor, you sound so sad in the last podcast. We're going to have to take all of your firearms away. It was just a DQ. Your DQ card in the mail. You can go get a Sunday. That should cheer you up. People, as Trevor's As RO, I relished with a smile under my serious face with his DQ. Thanks, Trevor. Going from third to second made my day. After Trevor DQ, he ran away. I think he was crying. Had to get Jakes to RO me through a stage. Thanks, Jakes. Would like to fix Trevor's statement. Quote, the other Trevor used my LMTAR. Not my baby battle arms with the beautiful land Tech comp weighing in at 5.5 pounds. My comp doesn't bother me at all. Wait, does, Benelli... this,
4: does, does he have a, an AR that
0: weighs 5.5 pounds? Yes. Oh, that's crazy. It is skeletonized everywhere, lightweight components. It's amazing. Wow. The Benelli M4 worked great. No flaws or hiccups. Just my torn rotator cup. It's a cuff, actually, in the shoulder, made the shotgun and reloading very tricky, one at a time. By the way, it ghost loads. And we learned that while loading in first stage. (laughs) IRO, most of the new shooters, they were, they were pretty good, but one, but for one competitor, not naming names. I will say he is seasoned, maybe has some gray. On a boat using uh, AR, shooting through a window, and he had, I believe, seven out of eight mics or five out of six mics because he was shooting through the because he was shooting the window frame. Sight over bore. Jean Marc was not Didn't the he only say he wasn't one. Gonna
2: name? Names, sorry. He should...
0: well, yeah, he named somebody <laughs> else. Jean Marc. Oh. Was not uh, the only one shooting the wood. Wood was flying and I was laughing, saying to myself, oh, he's going to be mad when he finds out. (laughs) When we were scoring, ask him to come look. He didn't believe me. I looked at him and said, please blink to tell me you are still there. The Rescue's Gun Club has the greatest gravel pit with the very best maze, two-floor house, and holy boat. My favorite range by far. The crew on the other hand, jury still out. PS I went to Trevor's house after the match. You would think all that smoke on the water brisket that he would share. Nope. Shooting in Nova Scotia provincials this weekend and Trevor wants to use my mags. I'm better. I'm bitter. Let's see what happens. So here's what happens. He plans to go to Nova Scotia with his family. And stay in Dartmouth. I'm staying in Hubley. So he's on the other side of the bridge. Yep. So he sends me a text and says, Can you pick me up and take me to the range? So I'm like, Well, where are you? So he tells me where he is. So I look at a map and I'm over here in Hubley and he's in Dartmouth. And all I can think is, Oh God, I got to cross that bridge it's Saturday morning to go pick him up, Saturday at the end of the day to bring him back, Sunday morning, go pick him up. Then he'll get picked up at the banquet. That's cool. But do I want to go back and forth over that bridge? I'm like, no, man, I'm sorry, you're too far away. Well, basically, Ginger snapped. He was not impressed with me. I don't blame him, because it really wasn't all that far, and I couldn't do it. But instead of just, like, saying, look at the map again, or whatever, he's just like, all right, I'm out. He rage quit. He rage quit the Provincials. He canceled oh, his really? hotel room. Yeah, he canceled his hotel room. He backed out of the uh, out of the match. I'm like you could, oh, but you did, like Muffin was supposed to come with us. It was supposed to be me and Muffin and Lorette. Well, Muffin's not coming so I had room, like, travel with us from monkey He's like, no, I was going to go with my fa-. Anyway, I feel bad. I feel bad. But he jumped the gun. He was like, fine. Fine. Screw you. I hate you. You're a commie. I'm not going. I quit everything. You suck. Um, but yeah, since I didn't return his mags yet from last time, I'm definitely borrowing them because they're still at Lorette's. <laughs> I legit feel bad. I really, really do. Anyway, if you want to uh, send an email and have us read it without editing, just to make a point, I'm not sure what the point was, but I enjoyed it, you can do so by sending it to slamfireradio at gmail.com.
2: Excellent. Thanks. Thanks for reading it, too. It was painful. Alright. iTunes reviews, we don't have any, so we're moving on from that. Shut it. Has anybody got any? Trevor?
0: What? What do you want? What? I was talking to somebody. What? Oh, shut Oh. It. Uh, Paul Lombard, CCFR field officer coordinator for New Brunswick and Pat for inviting me to uh, for inviting Pat and I to crash at his place. Awesome place, great food I love his dog, his dog is so awesome. His dog Kelly, oh my yes. god Kelly his dog is Boxer Sharpay and
2: You just have to say that because I would love the dog. I
0: know A, a Boxer with else-
2: like lots of extra skin that'd be awesome
0: well, kind of, but not really. Like, it just kind of got the forehead and the eyes going on. Aww. Anyway, super affectionate thing. And, and and have you ever had barbecued ham? So it's like yes. a slice of ham yeah. on a barbecue. I yeah. didn't even know this was a thing. I found a new way to eat meat. I <laughs> loved it. It was amazing. And his wife makes better chili than my wife. I hope you're listening. <laughs> and um, mm, mm, mm. Chili. Well, I, I got to try his Lee... What's the top end Lee press that they make? Not the Pro One Thousand, but the Lee Loadall? Roll Loadmaster. Loadmaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eh. Real really? A Real high percentage of messed up primers. Either they don't get seated all the way, or they go in sideways. But other than that, pretty cool machine. Did he yeah, have like the, 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 the primers kits, are, right? The primer is the weak point to those. The primer oh. is the weak point. They use they use the same primer feeding system from their single stage press all the way up to their progressive press that's a problem lee you know i know it's cost savings but there's also corner cutting and and that's too much corner cutting so yeah um but uh it has some other cool features that are somewhat better than the dylan like you don't get primers if there's no case there where the primer the dylan will keep spitting primers out on the floor um pretty easy to clear a malfunction if there is a malfunction but the primer feeding system kind of is a little lame. So, um, and Pat, shout out to Pat. I wanted to take the truck. Pat wanted to take his Civic SI. Pat used to race cars and he drives really fast. And I was told that I wouldn't like driving with Pat. So he said, look, you can drive. I'm like, really? All right. So you know, I hit the highway and I'm cruising at 130. He goes, "You didn't want me to drive, but you're doing 130." Police officers, if you're listening, remember the show is for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> None of this is true. So I'm doing, I'm doing 130. Oh, so uh, you didn't want me to drive, but you drive faster than me. Yeah, whatever. Pat Civic will do 176. I know that because on the way home he did that, and then on the way there we were, like I'm I'm going up a hill and I'm passing a car and he's like no keep it at about 8000 rpm that's where she really likes to move I'm like oh my god it's a 6 speed so I'm like keep it at 8000 rpm and there's a guy like a couple of like wannabes in a Ford Focus who were trying to like keep up with me I was like oh my god please seriously anyway and his civic has got a chip in it and racing tires and we got to the Woodstock match in record time. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. And we got home in even more record time. record time? Yep. Good.
2: Well, I'd ask Matthew if he had any shadows, but he's not here. So, Adriel, you're up.
0: No, got I'm any? sick.
2: No. <laughs> oh, you're sick. I do have one or two. Mm. It's Robert Tullian and John from Wings, beat, like bait and tackle. Just want to say thanks for Saturday. It was lots of fun to hang out with you guys. All right, Patreonies. we don't have, have any new ones. We have seventy five old ones, but we don't have any new ones. So that's
0: when okay. are we doing or when when when
2: We have to figure that out because he wasn't able to join us this week, so we'll have Maybe to next just Thursday.
4: Look at it. We'll uh-huh. have to
2: look at it. All right, so. At this point, we're going to make it awkward, and we're going to tell you to go and join a firearms advocacy group like the CCFR. You did make
0: it awkward. Way to go. (laughs) I'm thinking, what's so awkward about telling people to join a advocacy group? Right.
2: Advocacy group like the CCFR, CSSA. Go out and do some shooting. Even though Trevor tells me I'm bossy about that and tell everybody to go shooting. And go and see us on Gun Owners of Canada because we have a thread there. And also join us on Facebook too because we're at 1,740. That's pretty good. I think we have the highest rating so far on there. Other than that, that's it. Trevor,
0: we got the we got the most likes and we got the biggest Patreon, but we're not the number one program podcast in Canada, depending (laughs) on who you listen to. Just you know, I don't know what the numbers mean. Numbers don't matter. As long as you think you're the best, you're the best. Yay! (laughs) See you next week, everybody. Uh, Goodbye. (laughs) Uh.
4: So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com.
0: Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.